welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Hey everybody, welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast for the week. Uh, as I mentioned uh, last year, season five is going to be somewhat different and here's why. Every month uh, I'm going to be introducing you to a fabulous yoga yogipreneur, yoga business person, inspiring fabulousness person um, to just talk about, you know, what it's like for them. And I'm particularly excited about this month's guest because uh, I love it when I get to meet people who are yoga teachers. Um, I haven't asked her this yet, but I suspect she would agree. Yoga addicts, I've seen the list of trainings, Angela, on your website. I think that's a fair uh, title. Uh, and But also people who have decided to branch out and share yoga um, in different ways. And that's definitely what my guest this this month is doing. So folks, please join me in welcoming Angela Knight, who is the founder and creator of Calm Buddhi. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Amy. Hi, everyone. We have, So folks, I've, st- I've been stalking Angela. Uh, I came across her incredible business at the um, phenomenon that is the Mind Body Spirit Festival. Let's just call it that. Um, and, um, and I knew straight away that I had to have her on as a guest because I'm kind of addicted to the things that the, the, the designs and the things that Angela shares with the world. So why don't you tell us about Calm Buddy? What is it? What do you make? You tell, you tell people, paint the picture. Yeah, sure. So Kambudi um, was the creation of um, some yoga and meditation props that are used in your home and encourage you to come back to your practice again and again. I sort of went out looking for some meditation cushions, zafus and zabatons and bolsters and there was really nothing that I really liked and I would have out in my home all the time, not something I would put away. And and so that's where the journey kind of started. I wanted something beautiful for my home, um, something where I could create a ritual space around to be able to come home to myself. And following that, I went to India and did some study in India, of course. And, um, you know, there was many things that inspired Kambudi from my first trip there. And that was seeing people meditate in crazy and chaotic areas um, you know, and, and finding peace within themselves in those spaces, but also in their homes, how they had altars mm. and spaces in their homes where they could come back to themselves again and again. And what I loved about this was it's not a practice. It is life. This mm-hmm. is the very essence of their life and for coming back to themselves and making friends with themselves every day in that space, you know, and um, connecting to the divine within. And they've got these little spots in every, you know, more than one spot in the home. And I thought that was amazing. And 
I thought, you know, I really want to have something like that in my home. Like that, this is this is what I want. You know, I can practice pretty much anywhere now, but at the time, I wanted something that was going to be that sacred haven. And following on, you know, a lot of people will see hand block printing when they go to India, where they carve these beautiful yeah. timber blocks, and they they carve them by hand. They don't even have a hand drill or anything like that. Their drills are like hand and spun drills. And they create these amazing um, and intricate patterns with these blocks to hand block print the fabric. And I, I just thought these were just, this was amazing to me. And I couldn't believe how much love and um, mindfulness went into mm. this the very product, you yeah. know, and from the point that it actually gets the carved blocks to the point that it actually gets hand block printed onto the fabric. And it's not just one block sometimes, it's two blocks that might go within another block. So it's very intricate and requires a very fine eye. And the result is amazing and the energy of the product, um, I would say, is a whole lot different from anything else that I've experienced. Um, and, and I thought, well, you know, I can make something from this for myself, from my meditation room. And, and so that's where it all started, basically. So now we have a range of hand-block printed yoga and meditation props um, that have been designed to be part of your home and create a space for yourself to come home again and again. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so folks, what, um, what, while she's given you an accurate appraisal of her business, I've got to say, I mean, I am a, a, a wood blocking addict myself as anybody who's just been on retreat with me and seen me in numerous Anuki caftans, thank you very much, can't get enough. Um, the, the part that I don't think you've illustrated enough for us in the audio uh, sphere is how absolutely beautiful your things are. And I really, like, the way that you say it becomes part of your home, I just think that that's exactly right. That's, that's, it, it is a thing of beauty. And in that, you know, these, these things, um, surely there is merit in something being aesthetically pleasing. At least I know I'm motivated by beautiful things. And so I'm more motivated to use it if I love it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in India, colour is a very real thing as well and different <laughs> colours, as you probably know. But, um, you know, colours invoke emotion and mm. how you feel about yourself and all of those things. So some of that beautiful vibrancy of the colours of India is found in my products as well as, um, you know, more neutral palettes as well that yeah. people would feel more calming. Um, yeah. for their home so we've got a bit of a range now for people to sort of choose from that fits within where they are and how they feel about what they put in their homes and for themselves yeah love it well so okay you explained that sort of it was a little bit of serendipity and that you wanted to create something like that for yourself but it's quite a leap to then say okay let's try to do this as a business I'm going to become an importer of Indian handcrafts. Like, <laughs> what? Talk me through that decision. Yeah, um, it was a, it was 
it was just like I'm doing this, you know. It was just like I want to do this. It wasn't even a question. It was just like I saw these things. It was all together, and I was like, "Yep, I think I can do this." And and then I had to jump over lots of hurdles. Having said that, you know, the first time we went to India to, to start this project was probably three years ago, mm-hmm. and we travelled, my mum and I, all around India to find the best clock printers because we wanted to really work with the source. We didn't want yeah. to work through the middlemen that you get in abundance when you go to India yeah. um, and you travel around in a car or a rickshaw. And so that took some real um, patience and a lot of pushing through to get there. So it was a very challenging project to set up, but um, after travelling all sorts of places to the, you know, near the borders of Pakistan and seeing, you know, Mum and I are in this car with a non-English speaking driver on the on the way to the border of Pakistan with like people with rifles and big tankers and everything. We're like, where are we going? And I'm like, oh, no, we can't even ask the driver, you know. We're just here for fabric. <laughs> we're just for Don't kidnap me. Don't do anything. But um, you know, um, sure enough, in the end, you know, of course, we're a little bit nervous on these trips, but we would get to somewhere amazing. You know, there'd be a block printing family in the middle of nowhere printing beautiful Ajraki kind of printing, which is one of the most intricate types of block prints. And so we met the most amazing artisans by doing that. And, yeah, we spent quite a bit of time doing that. And then we found eventually um, some artisans that we do continuing work with in just outside of um, Jaipur and also in Bangalore now. So we're sort of stuck with those two um, for now anyway. Um, But every district has a different sort of method Mm. that they use that's Mm. unique and Mm. offers something different. Um, But one thing that's very similar in both block printers that we use is they both have very dedicated practices Mm. um, in the morning before they even start their block printing work. You know, they... They have their Ganesha symbols and Lakshmi trees and Shiva temples and Hanuman temples where they chant and have their practice every day. And then they also have their practices at home as well. So even though they're on different ends of India, they've both got very um, dedicated practices before they even pick up that block. So, you know, I like to think that that energy is really infused into the product as well. Yeah. This is, um, it's really heartening, you know, when, where was I yesterday? I was at horrible Kmart for something. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I really, I mean, I, I have, um, I'm an empath. Shopping centres and, you know, it takes me hours to recover, let alone like bloody Kmart. Anyway, I can't remember. I was in there to pick up something banal and I just saw like your, the whole big huge section of all the yoga mats that you can buy in Kmart, like, have like five different types of yoga mats um, and the most expensive one was 15 bucks. And I'm just, you know, it's sort of, this is not a conversation about um, yoga. Yoga needs to be affordable for everybody. I'm a zealot about that, but how the hell are we mass producing all of this crap for, you know, what something's gone wrong where it's just all junk and, I don't know. Yeah, like, more land you, sometimes. Yeah. Ah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, what you're sharing about, um, buying something that's an important that becomes an important part of your life for a long time that has been made with 
integrity and intention, I think is just beautiful in and of itself, whether it's a yoga thing or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that idea of, uh, you know, really treasuring, having fewer things and treasuring them. Um, hopefully, you know, it would be great if we all started to kind of go in that direction. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And, you know, even with um, the, the fabrics that we use and often with the, um, the dyes that we use, we use global organic standard dyes. Mm. We use natural techniques where we can like Dabu mud resist. So they actually create a mud paste um, out of different elements of the earth. And then they use that paste to hand block print on the fabric and then that mud resists the dye. So we also use methods that use even recycled metal um, and different things to create different colours. So where we can, we do use natural dyes a lot and very, very um, traditional old techniques, which means that there's, um, there's more integrity in terms of, you know, having something that's better for the environment. Yeah. Okay, so... Um I so, okay, so we talked about the fact that you just simply knew this was your yoga business dharma. You just had to do it anyway, and I love people like you who decide to do what seems to me to be kind of a crazy idea because people like me get to reap reap the benefits. Uh, but how, I mean, I'm curious to know what it's like to run a business that's like global it's international where you have a supply chain that you I'm guessing you're not in Jaipur every weekend like you yeah. it's stressful do you think about it all the time like how we haven't even got to the sort of retailing end yet but even just the manufacture what's it like being a running something from such a distance in a place like India that is complex it's very complex <laughs> and, you know, I thought I had patience beforehand and it's, ho it's taught me a whole new world oh, of patience, yeah, I have yeah. to say. Um, you know, there's, there's always things that are getting lost in translation when you try and do things by distance and, mm. you know, you really have to be there to do the sampling and to make sure that the colours are right and to make sure the quality is good and you know it's going to be a print that actually works um and so you know i'm always in india for that part of the process where we get the colors um right and also the actual block print combinations right um and you've got to be there for that i think um well there's no question you have to be there for that mm. um so i do go to india at least once a year I have been twice a year, but um, I'm not going again. For example, I was going to go in, in um, May to do some more training, but then I thought, hey, just hold back, you know. <laughs> You've done a lot. <laughs> just concentrate on the business for a little while. And um, I am going to injure again in uh, October, November, and I'll be doing a retreat there as well for Great. people that want to come along, um, as well as doing some more block printing with the artisans that I work with. Yeah, yeah. And and so it's not, and you don't just do this either. Like you you have you do other. There are other parts of your yoga business. Tell us about your teaching, your body work, what all the other pieces. Yeah. So you know, I think I've always wanted to work in 
something where it helps people and that was definitely something I wanted to do even leaving school when I studied remedial therapies at the time it was um, you know it had some more energetic stuff in it as well um, but I fell out of that for whatever reason I ended up working in corporate for a bunch of years and ran myself into the ground and got really stressed and actually very 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 sick to the point of nearly dying so um yeah I had a really bad time in my 30s and and spent a lot of time in hospital and you know my mum was always telling me you you need to slow down Ange, and you need something that's going to calm you and she was always the one that was pushing me towards yoga and sure enough that's what kind of ended up saving me in the end but um and practices of yoga so coming out of that really awful period of nearly losing everything um, is very enlightening. You know, you realise what's important in life, right, when you get really sick and you nearly lose it all. And so I came back to still work in corporate, but I went part-time and then eventually just started bringing back the bodywork stuff and restudied and, um, you know, and now I work as a remedial therapist and I do some Reiki and sound healing as well. Um, and also teach yoga. Um, I teach a couple of classes of yoga every week. But, um, you know, I guess that's the journey, though, for me, is that I had to go through rock bottom, um, physically, energetically, the whole Mm. thing, Mm. to be able to actually um, figure out what I needed to do that was my purpose. And I, I wish I didn't have to hit that rock bottom, but there's always a silver lining, isn't there? And um, my silver lining was finding that path. And because I couldn't live the life that I was living before of all that stress, I needed to find something that calmed me and harnessed my mind that mm-hmm. has 100 million ideas every day but needs to be mm-hmm. focused. Um, and so, yeah, that's when I sort of started studying yoga and practicing yoga and had these amazing you know, um, energetic releases and emotional releases and all of these things from different practices through mantra, sound, Mm -hmm. yoga and, you know, even having body work done. And so for me to be able to offer that to someone else is so meaningful Mm. and to be able to bring it to as many people as possible is even more meaningful. And so how do you do that? And I guess my way of doing that is humbody and the few services that I have around it, yeah. I love that. And I kind of feel like we have the same ulterior motive in a way, like how can we get more people doing more yoga? Yeah. And we're like you, we're coming at it from different, but we're sort of what are the ways that I can get more people doing this? Like maybe if I have beautiful meditation cushions and bolsters and eye pillows, maybe that will get more. And, or maybe if I can teach teachers how to get more people in their classes, maybe that will get more. But ultimately we just want more people yeah. in the gang. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for me it's just about as much about comfort as it is about the beauty of the products, you know, like and making sure that they're built to be comfortable for people that may not be feeling comfortable in their bodies. So, you know. I can um, attest to this one, folks. Hand in hand. Yeah. Because I, I remember I ordered a box full of, from a major supplier in Australia, a box full of bolsters and they turned up and they were crap. <laughs> um, and I, I, the, yours are of a firmness that I appreciate very much. So <laughs> 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 definitely, uh, I like that about 
about quality too. Uh, um, something comes to mind. Um, I was talking with a client this morning and sort of mapping out her year and the things that she's offering and, and looking at her, um, you know, the prosperity that she would like to call into her business and the different elements, that, the different skills that she has. And she, she said that she, she feels sometimes overwhelmed because it feels like there are different, very different things that she has in her business. She has classes and she has some food kind of workshops and she has some consultation, energy healing stuff. And it all, she was expressing that she was worried that there was too many disparate pieces. And yet what you're talking about, the, just the things that you went through just now, quite different. Um, the, do you ever feel like it's, the, um, does it feel to you like it's a cohesive collection of things? Like, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and even what you were talking about with this um, client of yours, that all sounds very co- cohesive to me as well, because all of it comes back to providing nourishment to your customers in some way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, um, you know, I think you need to come at things at different angles as well. So um, if you have a physical ailment, you know, it's, it's probably likely that, that that's been formed by some kind of stress or, you know, even eating the wrong foods can create stress in your body. And so all of that is an energetic kind of reactions in your body to something Mm. Um, so that all completely ties in together and to me um, you know if you can tap into the wisdom of the body's own healing capabilities Mm. um, which everybody has within them we just have to find a way to create such a relaxed state to let the body do its business you know to be able to heal itself and so all of the techniques that I use, whether it be remedial, relaxation, aromatherapy, sound, yoga nidra, um, and of course, meditation, mm. they all come back to that point of actually getting yourself into that state where you are so relaxed that your body can start to use its own wisdom. Mm. Um, and I think that's important. And, and the girl that you were talking about, it sounds like the same for her. I agree with you, and and that's my sense of it too. But I, I guess I'm wondering if if um, and I don't let's let's see how this question lands. But from a sort of a practical, tactical perspective, when you're at work, not delivering services, but doing the all of the things that have to happen behind the scenes, I mean, what would you say to someone who feels like, oh, I have to do like you're, um, I don't know, looking at importing and duties then you're doing your social media then you're planning a class then you're talking to a person who's trying to book in for some remedial therapy do you how do you manage doing different tasks like that does it ever feel yeah it's a shifting of gears and um i always um allocate a minimum amount of bookings that i can do each week so I will not do any more than a certain amount of bookings because okay. I know if I do more than that, it's going to throw me out energetically and I won't be able to fulfill my other tasks. I also have days put aside where I do particular types of work. So Thursdays tomorrow, um, my mum comes and helps me and we do a whole heap of orders together and, you know, wow. we catch up at the same time. Right. Um, so that's my day for doing a lot of packaging and getting everything ready. Um, and yeah, it's sort of having days and times for particular tasks. 
and and honouring that and and not actually letting anything slip in. Social media I do when I've got time, um, but I try and make it so it's relevant to something that I've either read, experienced, or I might be reminded of something in India, so I'll post a picture about it that I've had when I'm over there, um, or a dye technique or something like that, you know, and then people post about what they're using and I'll share that as well. And it's just making it work for for your life and not making it a chore so much. It's just sort of, oh, that sounds really good or that, that really meant something to me, what that person said on that post and I'll ask them if I can share it and I'll say yes, you know. It, it, it'll just be something like that, you know. You've got to make it work within the realms of what you've, you're doing, I guess. So it's kind of like that, to be cheesy, it's kind of that effort and ease thing where you have some things are discrete time blocks, like your mum comes over, you do the orders, yeah. but there's also a flexibility and a, a movement in other parts where you're relying on your own kind of timing to do something when it feels right. For some things. Yeah, for some things. Um, you know, like Mondays I just reserve for my yoga teaching and my yoga teacher planning and I might relax a little bit as well. If I'm about to give out something to people in a class, I make sure I reserve some time for self-care um, as well. And that's important, making sure you schedule time in for your own self-care and practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I know when I don't do that myself, things do not run very well. So it's always making sure that there's time for that. And it's also a constant changing of what I actually do do. Like, I mean, I just, I recently stopped yeah. teaching in schools. I used to teach mindfulness to kids in schools. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that work and it's very important work, but I can't fit everything in anymore. So mm-hmm. I had to say goodbye to that very reluctantly. But you know, you've got to assess what you can you can do physically while still being fulfilled as a human being and not stressed. Um, I constantly have to assess that and assess, you know, if I know I'm going to be busy in March, which I am very busy mm. in March, I won't be taking five clients or whatever mm. a week. I'll take two, you know, and that's okay. And my clients will know that and that they have to pre-book if they want to see me. So... It's just making it work for for what you're doing, yeah. Uh, there'll You've be people listening that, number one. yes, I, I just think that there'll be people, and I can think of someone uh, in my mastermind who we have a joke that she'll, if someone that she likes who really needs a treatment asks her on her day off, she'll say yes. Um, and I think it, it can be the thin end of the wedge, that stuff. Totally. I, 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 don't, I don't do anything on weekends. Saturday and Sundays are my days. It's like you cannot come in there. It, it has to be pretty drastic for me, to, for me to actually see someone on a Saturday or Sunday. Generally, I just will, will not. They're, they're out of bounds. Hmm. Yeah. You've got to fill up your cup somewhere. Otherwise, how can you give? Uh, not in the long term. Yeah. 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 Um, um, the more that you fill up your cup too, though, the more you're able to hold space for people. So, you know, even if it's short-term, long-term, whatever, I think you've just, you've got to do it. You've got to schedule it in, make an appointment with yourself. Yeah. Hope you're taking notes, everybody. Make an appointment with yourself. Somebody tweet that. Oh, yes, yeah. I love it. Um, okay, so so a couple of more things I want to ask you, but we need to, for people who are listening and 
they want to go find you immediately because one, um, they should because you bad, but also two, your Instagram's gorgeous. And I just love it when your posts come through my, I just feel better looking at them. Uh, Where can we find you and all of your stuff? So yeah, Instagram is one spot that you can have a look to see um, the journeys of Calm Buddy. So that's at Calm Buddy, C-A-L-M-B-U-D-D-H-I. So Buddy being the higher intellect. Um, and you can find me on Facebook as well for the events that we're going to be at, as mm. well as online, www.calmbuddy.com.au. And you can also come and visit me and shop in person by appointment. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, and what about shipping? Can people get your good things from, can, like, can they be anywhere and you'll ship to them? In Australia, yes, and New Zealand, yes. Okay. Uh, and I have had people from America get in touch with me uh, as well, who I have shipped things to. Okay. So, yeah, definitely achievable. Cool. Pretty much anywhere. It just depends on postage and what, you know, what you're willing to pay for it if you're over in the US or something. So. They are rather fabulous. There's no Amazon Prime with <laughs> Calm Buddy to get your bolsters to you. Um, okay, so and also markets and things like people can come to your come and find that's how we met at a at a markety thing you're out and about i understand it in the coming weeks yes so i will be at bendigo yoga festival with me yes i think that's on the 7th and 8th uh-huh. is that right yep and then also dharma fest um in march as well which is in st kilda I'll also be at Seven Sisters Festival, which is a three-day all women's festival, which is amazing. I love that. Um, so I'll be there for three days. And there's one other one, Solstar, Solstar Festival in Port Melbourne. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> what's it like doing, the, um, doing those market stalls? I, you have to get there really early and your store looks gorgeous. It must does it take it out of you? I imagine being a... Yeah, it, it kind of does. You know, it is, it's a massive day and you're constantly talking yes. all day to people. And, you know, I'm actually kind of a quiet person, so I'm not used to talking a lot either. And and so for me, it's 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 very much a big day and I'm I'm very ready to put my feet up by the end of it. But what I get from that that's really nice is meeting people that are wanting to set up that space for themselves mm. at home and really wanting to take care of themselves and nourish themselves with whatever practice it is that um, fills their cup. And I get to talk to them about all sorts of different practices, even ones that I don't do myself. And I think mm. that's very nourishing for me to hear um, mm. what other people are doing to help themselves and yeah, I mean, all of the markets that I do are all self-help, self-care, um, fill up your cup kind of things, and and that's what a majority of the people that go there are there for. So in that way, it's nourishing. But yes, on your feet all day and talking a lot, um, but talking about what you love is is what gets you through. That is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. How many? Uh, how do you? How how? How do you decide on the, are you governed more by your own taste? Like how do you decide on, there must be a point between things that have sold well in the past and but the things that you really like and 
how do you decide on picking designs and colours? And... You know, India's taught me a whole other world of colour. I never used to like pink and you wouldn't really catch me wearing pink ever, but really? I have it all over my top today. Yeah. But, um, you know, the vibrancy that India has actually opens your eyes to a whole other world mm. of colour and it's another invigorating sense. So I, I have a pretty broad taste now mm. um but i i use what is authentic in india and some very indian-esque type prints that i personally love and and then something perhaps more ge geometric and modern yeah. but um and and i will always love what i put out like yeah. um but things that i say oh i'm not sure how that'll go it'll be like and it'll go amazing, you know. So you just don't know. People like different things. I find it really hard to have a smaller range because everybody likes everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a couple of prints that do really well, but then it's just, it's kind of really broad what people like because people's tastes are just really broad, you know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I have trouble... I said to myself at the start of this year, I've got to actually narrow it down and just start doing, yeah, you know, bigger runs of the things that are popular. But then people keep on getting different things. So it's really hard to choose. It is hard to choose. I've spent quite some time on numerous occasions trying to pick and I think I need to make an appointment and just come in and try things out. Um, so, okay, folks, Calm Buddy, find Angela's beautiful things everywhere. Um, before we finish... I've got two more things, if I may. The first one is I'm wondering, uh, as a as a yogipreneur, as someone who's decided to create her living through sharing what she loves, how do you stay motivated? What keeps you going? What keeps you inspired on the days when it's just like, ugh? Do you ever have those days? I'll just get a job. Do you ever have those days? Um, before Christmas was a little bit like that, just because it was so so busy, mm. and I. And it was busy with lots and lots of orders and everything else. And I was, I really found it hard to find time with being that busy to fill up my cup. And that was the main thing was that I didn't have time to fill up my cup. And that's the only time I've actually felt like that. But then, you know, you call in people to help and mm -hmm. that gets you through. But the other thing that kind of gets me through those sort of times is when people send you an email and say, hey, I got my meditation cushion today. I wish I got it earlier. It is so comfortable and it has a beautiful energy. Then that is just like, you're just like, yep, I'm doing the right thing. This is what I should be doing. And, you know, I get emails all the time like that. And and that, and I nearly every time I get an email like that, I get a tear in my eye, just feeling so proud and happy that, you know, I've been able to create something that people really love and find some peace on. Mm. that's that's the ultimate for me yeah so the, the 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 love notes and the feedback from your customers and your clients helps you through the yeah you've got to cherish those and yeah. I keep all of them and I look at them <laughs> you, know, I'm, you know when I am feeling like oh god yeah you know, this is so busy how am I gonna you know get through this those sorts of things definitely do fill up your cup absolutely I, I remember someone sharing with me that she kept a folder uh, on her computer where she consolidated all of those for the days when she was feeling 
depleted, she could go in and read them because it did help her remember what, why she was doing it in the first place. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that's, and you know, making sure you celebrate every win. Yes. Oh my goodness. This one's massive. We don't do this enough. We just, okay, tick next. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Celebrate every win that you have as a business. Um, you know, treat yourself to something good because you've achieved something and you should be proud. And I think that's really important as a small business owner as well. Yeah. What was the last thing that you treated yourself with? What was the last treat? Oh, look, I, I treat myself pretty regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Look, I, I definitely get regular massages. Um, Yeah. That's, you know, I at least get a massage probably once or twice a month, you know, every fortnight without fail or I'll get a facial or, you know, I might book myself into a mini retreat or something mm-hmm. like that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, for the most, what what I do regularly is, is have a massage and, and just take a moment just to let everything go. And I regularly, daily actually practice yoga nidra and meditation mm. usually japa mala meditation mm-hmm. and they're my little treats of peace for myself where i can just let everything go for a little bit and and it's those moments of peace that actually can ke- help me to keep going yeah beautiful yeah it's, it's so interesting that we have the tool like we teach people the tools we have them all we yeah. sometimes forget to use them yeah, and and they are gifts in themselves, and yeah. and, and so I think they're they're my daily treat, my fortnightly treats, my massage, and then I might do a quarterly, you know, weekend <laughs> retreat or something. So a bit more training, maybe. <laughs> yes, training's always on the list. I've got I've got I have a list of the ones that I'm going to do next, and it's not so much to have something to put on the list. It's more of, you know, of a practice of nourishing myself through yes, knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Learning for the pleasure of it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not with a real goal in mind or anything like that. It's just to to really nourish myself with wisdom. Yes. Love that. Um, Before we started recording, you were sharing with me that you've got a beautiful opportunity coming up on the 15th of February. So folks, that's this coming weekend. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, so I am joining forces with Nourish Energy, which is um, a beautiful business run by Loretta um, of Reiki Healers and Crystal Healers. And we have a fundraiser for Wildlife Victoria on Saturday at Radiant Soul Yoga at one o'clock. All proceeds are going to Wildlife Victoria. And it will involve very grounding practices, including an honouring of Mother Earth. There'll be grounding mudras, mantra, um, and also a really beautiful sound bath. And where you'll be experiencing the many healing instruments that I have, you'll be getting a beautiful Reiki healing by the Reiki, um, the Nourished Energy Reiki team. Cool. Um, and so in that way, it's really special. You'll be held in that space by not only myself, Loretta, but five or six other Reiki practitioners as well. So it's, if you feel like you need to fill up your cup and you want to give back to mm. all of our furry little friends, um, then it's a beautiful opportunity to come and do that with us. Angela, um, with, I've been supporting some people who've been doing a bushfire 
fundraiser as well. And um, one of the things that I asked of them, I'll ask of you, is it possible for people who are listening, who I know a lot of people have emailed me looking for ways to support and not knowing where to send money or that can't come to your event because they're busy or they don't live near Port Melbourne. Um, could they contribute to the, to your initiative somehow by contributing yeah. to the, the fundraising effort? Yeah, I mean, they, they absolutely can. And, and Wildlife Victoria have um, a donate button on their Facebook cool. page. But the other thing um, that you could donate to is other people on the ground, like there's a Malakuta Wildlife Centre who I'm also raising money for through my services. Mm. Um, and they're a smaller organisation mm. that are actually on the ground that are volunteers that were really in the thick of the Malakuta fires yeah. and surrounding. It's very traumatic. Um, but they've been doing an amazing job. So that's another um, place that you can donate funds to directly who okay, really great. need it. Yeah, Malakuta okay. Wildlife. Great. Thank you. I know people will be jotting down things or searching things. People don't jot things down anymore, Amy. You're so old. People yeah. will be looking at things on their phone right now. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share with us before we finish up? You've been so generous with your time and I'm... Um, and showing us or explaining to us a little bit about what it's like behind the scenes of your business. Is there anything else that you want to share? No, not really. I mean, the main thing having a business, though, I think is making sure you set time for yourself and set some boundaries and, and try not to work late into the night and do all of those sorts of things and make sure that you give yourself some regularity and routine where you can. Yeah. Um, they're my probably tips business-wise, but, um, and, yeah, filling up your cup with nourishment in some way or another as regularly as possible. I like that you talked about your practice as a daily treat. I think that that's really, because I think, you know, Daniel Laporte talks about it so beautifully in that white-hot truth about how for women, especially self-care becomes this task that you have to tick off your list and you're a bad person if you don't get to, I love this idea of they get to be treats. Let's think about them as treats rather than tasks that have to be done. Well, and it's finding a practice that really resonates with yeah. you and that you really, really want to do. And what yeah. that practice is for you will be different to yeah. mine. So it's just finding what works for yourself and what you're going to be able to um, tap into with pleasure as often as possible. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being a great guest on the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Come, buddy, everybody. Follow. Bye. Love. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, folks. Uh, Amy here, hacking my own podcast. Just want to let everybody know that the Abundant Yoga Teacher Retreat 2021 is a go. I decided to do it. It's up. It's happening. And there is a super early bird uh, this month only. So check it out. If you'd like to come to Thailand with me for what I suspect, honestly, this time really, I'm not kidding, might be the last one. Uh, super early bird until the end of Feb. It's a couple of weeks. amymcdonald.com.au forward slash retreats. And if you have any questions about it, hit me up on Insta. You've never been to Thailand before. I've already had some people saying, I want to stay longer and what should I do? And all those good things. I would love to help you plan out some yumminess on either side. amymcdonald.com.au forward slash retreats. 
So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask, if you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure, of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. DM me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Take deep care.